Welcome to the dark forest Jackie and her pals will never bore us Shameless confessions about our obsessions Will make us laugh and smile So let's explore the dark forest And dark down for a while Hello and welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another Dork Forest. It is Wednesday, October 6th. I'm taping two today, because that's right. I've been out of town, and uh, and we're going to do it. Dorkforest.com. It's on iTunes. There's a player on JackieCation.com. There's donation buttons on both of those. Feel free. Throw me 20 bucks. What are you, made of stone? Huh? Come on. Anyway, you can also buy stuff uh, from the merch page, the shopping page on my website. And uh, my new CD, my, my currently new CD, It Is Never Going to Be Bread, is on iTunes and Amazon. If you want to see what one of those jokes looks like, uh, go to the cartoon on YouTube. The animal's joke is animated by Greg Franklin. And today, sitting in my living room, being pre-recorded with me, are my two guests. Drew Dogie. Drogi, Drogi. That's right? all right. That's all right. Drogi, yeah. Drogi, Drew Drogi. Yeah, sure, Drew Drogi. It's a, it's a alliterative. It is alliterative. Yeah, Thank but you. I respond to anything. I get really. Drew Droge. Hey you. Hey you. I'll take it. What's going on? I, I was gonna go Droge. Droge. I get Droge a lot. A lot of people want to soften uh, that G right up. I, I, they do. They do. Well, they don't. Or um, what's the other one? I get Druggy. I get a lot. Or uh, uh, Drogi. Did you get druggy as a child? Mm-hmm. Uh, I did. The hilarity a lot. of children, huh? People are funny. They are. Jack, they people are. are funny. <laughs> as is Drew Drogi, who I <laughs> met uh, doing sit and spin storytelling uh, right. over at the uh, the Comedy Central stage here in Los Angeles. And uh, you are a horror movie dork, and we're going to talk about it. Yes. Or you're really into horror movies. I, I'm really into horror movies. I'm a dork. I'll right. take it. And yeah. I'll tell you something. I use the word dork so much in this show that I'm a little over it. But oh, I, really? But it's called the <laughs> What's dork the name horror. of your show? Right. Yeah. So I'm doomed. Anyway. Sure. So, and over here, uh, to my left, is uh, Sheila Ratner, stand-up comic, voice actress, regular actress, funny human being. Sheila Ratner, welcome to the show. Uh, thank you so much. All right. We're, we're in. Yay. And, and Sheila Ratner, who, army brat? Is that right? Uh, no, my father uh, was an English and American lit professor. Oh, Professor Brat. We moved every few years to various countries at interesting political times. So was he in the CIA? I don't know. You make the wow, ball. really? There That's we go. Great. Which is wow. Well. And then you I've grew wondered. up really liking math because it was all in English. Uh, well, because no, when you're in uh, when you're ten years old, <laughs> yes, <laughs> very offensive. That's very xenophobic. Thank uh, you. Thank when you. It was all yeah. in English. Uh, yes, because when you, when we went to these foreign countries, our parents put us in the. Uh, Local schools. They didn't want us in the American schools. They thought that would be silly. Oh, it'd be a great so, way to meet uh, some of the nationals too. Yes, huh? mm-hmm. exactly. So yes. So uh, when you're ten years old in Prague, Czechoslovakia, and uh, you don't understand one thing that's going on, and then you look up and two plus two is four, it's a relief because right? that's what it is in any country. Okay, except for as we know, Cuba, where things are different. Things huh? are very different there. They're so they different. Don't, they don't. They don't have math in Cuba. No. It's, it's outlawed. And cafe con leche. It's always sweet and condensed. And you're like, dude, I just wanted. Milk. I just wanted yeah. coffee yeah. with milk. Yeah. yeah, I didn't need the sweet and condensed. So um, I hate Cuba. <laughs> <laughs> but who doesn't love a plantain? Oh, I know. They're it's so a, good. They're so tasty. Yeah, good. Can't get enough of those. Okay, so Sheila. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, let's just jump right into the fact yeah, that now sure. I need to know, when you say various countries, what countries? What countries? Oh, okay. You've uh, been to Prague. I'll do the math you. for you. Let me put do it that math. way. Yeah. Uh, I was born in Northampton, Massachusetts. Oh, My father was foreign, teaching. That's a foreign place. <laughs> that is a very Weird, foreign place. Exotic. A lot of whale belts and things <laughs> like that and very jawy women. Um, <laughs> clenched jaws. Uh, after that, we went to Freiburg, Germany. Returned to Amherst, went to Frankfurt, returned a few summers in Italy, Prague for two years. Summers in Italy? We see a few summers in Italy. I would never use summer as a verb. I think you know me better than that. <laughs> I would you're never so use. Waspy looking. You could summer places, <laughs> summer but I won't. That's the point. <laughs> you won't find a J. Crew catalog, and I read it and I deposit it before I, I get in the house. Do you remember Tweeds? Did you ever see a Tweeds, tweeds catalog? Yes, there was a sure. lot of people oh. staring off over water. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. There's also like Chadwick's. There was like right. a ladies. And it was, yeah, it was always ladies on a dock in like a cable yes. knit sweater. 
hoping no one far and arrives in a small boat. <laughs> you guys both have that sort of waspy look that looks like you'd never spill food on yourself. Oh, sure. I'm I... the messiest human being on Oh, Earth. are you? No, I really am. But I, I know. I, I am fascinated look, with that That You have a wasp fastidious look about kine- yourself. Connecticut. I could eat corn and no one would ever know. Or whatever, <laughs> that type of thing. He'd have floss with him. Oh, sure. um, return to Northern California, where we had set up shop a couple of years in there. I think I lost that. <laughs> Professorial shop. Um, went to Porto Alegre, Brazil, where my parents had me tutored in Spanish, even Brazil, though... even though the language of... Portuguese. Portuguese. Let's confuse a 13-year-old. Let's do that. <laughs> wow. um, but just as we got their school let out, because the seasons are... Upside down, and my brother thought it was the best place in the world. And they would scream "Fuji ball," and we'd all just leave the class and play soccer. It was a it was a lovely place to go to school. Oh, nice! Then uh, Northern California, and then England, England, and then Manchester, they, England, England, uh, London, England, London, mm-hmm. England, Islington, to be exact. I don't sure. remember the street if you're number. Islington, yeah, I've been there. It's yeah. awesome. It's beautiful. It's yeah, there a lot of those houses smushed uh-huh. together, and a lot of women staring off against, uh, across the water. How are their jaws? How are they uh, clenched are they, as well? Clen- I, thought, I figured <laughs> exactly. as much. Yeah. And then they set me free. They set you free. It. Well, by then I no was 18. No time in Ireland or Wales or Scotland, because that's what I would have pegged you for one of those. Well, you're Irish of ancestry, are you not, Sheila? Uh, my father no. is a Jew. His name is, is Ratner. <laughs> and my mother is... Um... But the Jews get to live everywhere because of uh, the diaspora? Is diaspora? Diaspora? Oh. Yeah. Disbi- blah, blah, blah. Oh, the Armenians yeah. were just I was going to say the Armenians. Uh, I think when I hear diaspora, I think of Armenians. Oh, really? It was a Jewish word, actually. Oh, really? It was a word of, regarding the Jews, actually. Okay. And, uh, created, I think, when England kicked all the Jews out of England. Oh. Yeah, remember that? Not, not, no, I wasn't there. It was, isn't it like sort of a general word for like the, well, the cultural? Well, now it is. Oh, I think okay. it started with, oh, uh, with a specific. Because nobody wants to kick out people more than people want to kick out the Jews, weirdly enough. I know. They're just it's like, true. you're really good at things. We're going to have to l- fix our bell yes. curve. Get out. I was just at a Roma Cafe, and they asked three Jews to leave. It happens all the time. <laughs> ah, the Constant. valley. Welcome oh. to the valley, ladies and gentlemen. Mm. So, okay, so yeah. you never... And there then, was no but there is Irish Asia. Catholic on, on my mother's side, is okay. what I was going to say. There is Irish and, oh. and Italian on my mother's side. Okay, mm-hmm. so, because um, cause I... What I was hoping, no Southeast Asia, no China, no Vietnam in 1975 being airlifted out. Because, I mean, the thing is, is that's not the CIA. You'd put you somewhere interesting. Why do you got to go to Germany? Yeah. Aren't they with us? Uh, if not, a, they're not against and us. And it's just a theory. Oh, no. Not in 1975. Yeah. It's just a theory. All right. You know, so I, I don't I, We could have been in Southeast Asia, and I could have been given a, a, a mock home that they were telling me oh, was in wow, Germany. That's I could have awesome. lived That'd in a bubble cool. for two years. I really You just got shyamalan like in your whole mm-hmm, like Exactly. <laughs> yeah, he just took over your yeah, life. My Snoopy yeah. lunchbox may have been a, a, a bugged. Oh, I have a no recording idea. Recording device cuz they'll let oh children God. into things. I've read about it in different books. <laughs> mm-hmm. where they'll, they'll, they'll let tell, children into things. They'll they'll, t- they'll talk to children in, in these books. They're always talking about how the Nazis would t- would t- let kids take pictures and and then they were all like British spies. Wow. The kids? Yeah, the kids were. Wow. Their parents were, were pretending to be Nazis, and then they would send them off to Ireland. And wow. And the pictures would eventually. Granted, we're talking, do you know what book that is? That's, a, uh, I forget his first name, McDonald, and he wrote the Fletch series. Oh, Jeffrey oh. McDonald, right? It, might, well, it starts with a G. I it think Jeffrey McDonald killed his wife and three children. Oh, you're right. You're, right. you're totally yes. right. The fatal Vision. Yeah, Fatal yes. Vision. You're yes. absolutely right. That Jeffrey McDonald. That was a good book. Who, was, who wrote Fletch? I don't know. Fatal but, Vision know, is a great book and a great movie, too. It's, I'll it's put really it in the notes. And, uh, and, you know, if the chat room were still with us, we'd be able to find that out oh, immediately. Or if I had my laptop out. But all oh, I have I is a piece of paper and a pen. I like that. It's, it's a, like olden times. It's like Little House on the Prairie podcast. It's, I like that, too. Do you like it? I mm-hmm. like when I like actually making some at least going like if you don't know something, going and looking it up. I don't know. It like, used yeah. to be. It yeah. used to be like you had to know things. Now it's like, let me check my phone. I can. And yeah. on one hand, I think that's great because you get information, but you don't retain any of it because you don't have to. Right. You, oh, right. you know, do you, do you guys ever do this? Man, do you remember that. when uh, when you wouldn't know something? And so you'd call your parents. Uh huh. And then you could just go, hey, I forgot how many t- t- teaspoons are in a tablespoon. And it would be an excuse sort of to call your parents. Sure. Because now the sure. only reason I call my parents is to actually go, so how you doing? <laughs> I mean, it used to be. It was well, like I, could I just actually say, I yeah. was growing a tomato plant this year for this crazy uh, mock reality show that I was on. And my family, I've never grown anything before, like like that before. And my family, it was a great bonding experience with my family in South mm. Carolina because I was calling 
my mom and my grandparents, you know, on a, you know, a, a, once Regular. a week and saying, okay, so it's kind of doing this. What can I do? And they were so, they were more excited about that than any acting job I've ever had. They were like, oh, you are, you're growing a tomato. You're growing a tomato. But you know what else? It's also exciting because you talk to them every week. Cause right. Would you right. regularly talk to them every Well, week? I would talk to my parents every week, but not okay. my grandparents probably not. No. Yeah. Not and about a project. Great. Or about a project. Not exactly. something exciting it was something that like was growing. It was sort of about. You got to talk directly into um, the mic. Sorry about oh, yeah, that. Sure, That's no all right. Excellent. It was. Um, you're right, though. It was about something that I can hear. I um, <laughs> was working on, as opposed to just a general. I'm fine. This is right. what I'm doing. Yes. It's hard to explain this weird life that we have out here as performers, actors, whatever. Right. Nobody gets it. Nobody gets it, no. and I don't. And I'm. And I. And they get it enough, but it's like I don't expect right. them no, to. No, they get the idea because no. everybody gets cable. But, right. And, and <laughs> right. Reality. Right. What reality show were you on? It was a an online um, show called uh, Gardening Wars, and it was on Channel101.com. It was a, excellent. It's a, they do par- They do five minute TV show parodies on the oh, website. Okay. And, oh, okay. Um, but you had to actually grow but a tomato. We, it was a real show, and that we actually grew tomatoes. It was five guys. Uh, in a race to grow tomatoes, and I won. Did you win? win? Yes, I won. What did you win? I won one hundred dollars. Wow! And, you should have won one hundred and one dollars. Oh, yeah. Oh, because it's one hundred one channel one hundred one. Yeah. Mm. What are they thinking? What were they thinking? That's, I'm gonna they ask the them right for an extra buck. They, they sure did. did. Come on, cheap. And then hand it to you. And then they should say something like, "Get yourself something pretty." Uh-uh. That's what. That's what it is. Uh-huh. That's great. What, yeah. So, have you ever been on a reality show, Sheila? Have I? No. No. Uh, Which one would you be on? Well, I. If you could, could, would you be on that new art one? I canceled a couple of auditions for Last Comic Standing. Oh, oh, did you? Because in the eleventh no. hour, someone said, "What? What? What are you would, thinking? What would happen to you that would really uh, be, cause you duress?" And I said, "I could bomb, and my lazy eye could go in." And they said, "Both those things could happen on camera." I, I would suggest not auditioning for this. Do you have a it separate eye? It benefited you. you. Did you <laughs> right? Because then I didn't have to go head to head with Sheila Ratner. Uh-huh. <laughs> Boom! Boom! I was frightened of the reality of it all, or let me put it this way: the non-reality of it the all. Did you? Did you? Did you do Last Comic Standing? Did Twice. You do that? Twice. Okay. Two and a half times, really, because I did it one year where they told me the semifinal dates, uh, and I would have made the semifinals, except for that it was while I was uh, scheduled. We had already bought tickets for my honeymoon in Italy, and oh. I was like, as much as I want not to do a reality show called Last Comic Standing, uh, sure. I'm not going to come home five days early from Italy. No way. Mm-hmm. Not Absolutely a chance not. in hell. No way. I'm going to be drinking lattes and watching kids play soccer. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, or take mm-hmm. pictures for their CIA parents. Exactly. Maybe. Those I kids are act like I could act like a tiny child mm-hmm. and maybe find out what <laughs> the Italians are hiding from us. What uh, do you think the Italians? I don't think anybody's. I don't know. I don't trust those people. Do, you can't I, trust anybody. I think they don't trust us. I think they're the ones really? that are more like, let's bring our children over to the United States and snap up some shots of Area 51. <laughs> I don't trust us either. I mean, I don't blame uh, them. As much as I like us, I don't trust us at mm. all. It's, uh, I went and saw Penn and Teller last mm. night, and they, they uh, pretended to burn a flag on stage. An American and, flag? Yep. Yes, an American flag. Wow. I wonder. Yeah, yeah. It could have been any flag. It was the U.S. flag, and there was uh, some tightening of buttocks, and they had to go into a strong, strongly worded thing about how they had the right to do it, and they had the wow. right to, to pretend to do it. And That's they had the... so crazy. I don't understand. I guess, is I mean, that you get a... it, right? I get it. On I don't I... support it. I don't support it either. I'm not <laughs> right. about, like, I don't think that, I mean, I, I'm not into, like, uh, sort of that sort of symbolic acts of like, you know, we're going to burn this or we're going to throw blood on a fur coat or whatever. I don't believe in doing that kind of stuff, but it's, but I just feel like the fact that that would really truly bother somebody is interesting to me because it's just a, I don't know. Right. I mean, I get that it's a symbol. I am sympathetic. I am not supportive. I am sympathetic that, that you feel like the flag is a symbol of the United States of America, but I am not. I, I am supportive that ass, uh, we have a constitutional right to be an asshole. Yeah, I think Absolutely, I think it's right. thinking too much in absolutes. I think it's people who wear yes. an, an, a flag on their lapel and say, "I'm more of an American than you" because you're not wearing an American flag in your lapel. Right. right. I the think same the people s- who go to church every Sunday and then still criticize people. You can't for not being. You, yeah, I think it's the same people that the walk. that would. It's on opposite extremes. The same people that would burn the flag would be the same type of people who would be offended by that. And, and you know what I mean? Right. In, in yes. Terms of like, right. Or, makes or offended by something just is sort of arbitrary exactly yeah. yeah and it's like just that need to like you know because it's button pushing and it's kind of most annoying yeah and i was just like how about i, I like the the moderation 
everything in moderation, including sure. moderation. Including That's moderation. They should have just burned that. a baseball then or or some I mean, apple pie. <laughs> don't burn apple pie. <laughs> or we Bill Cosby. Bill, what did Bill Cosby say? <laughs> I'm just saying. Don't burn Bill Cosby. Bur- bur- burn Bill Cosby. I don't know. I don't know. What's <laughs> you know, American? What? Uh, and then, of course, I go to some racist thing. I'm over here. Uh, I'm over here <laughs> having a racist moment. Uh, you know what we're going to do? We're going to keep that in my head. That's an inside your head voice, your racism. Okay. Oh, racism? I'm oh, sure. I, I think whenever I go, it's, I, I believe in being racial because I think that, that everybody's different. And that mm-hmm. we should definitely acknowledge that and the hilarity Absolutely. Of, of our differences. Absolutely. You know, because people make fun of everybody, especially mm-hmm. comics. I would. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I agree. I think that we, we should definitely acknowledge. We can't be so politically correct to say, like, I just look at the person and I see the person. You know, it's just like, <laughs> no, you should be. You should yes. be proud of your race. You should be person. proud of your but your that guy's gender, wearing your... an Ed Hardy shirt, and he's doing it on purpose. So and he's a douchebag. He is a douchebag, and we're going to make fun of him. Right. Because you're just like, man, too curly cuey, and uh, mm-hmm. get over it. Mm-hmm. It's, a, <laughs> it's a lot. I didn't even know what the Ed Hardy thing was until mm. I saw him, like, everywhere. Like, mm-hmm. even in places you wouldn't think to. I mean, because it, wasn't it a hipster thing for about ten minutes? I yes. think it was actually. It started yeah, from that, and it, then it instantly turned into. It was. It's much. more like. Sunset Strip. Oh, right. Those that guys. sort of the, those guys that are just, you know, then, or that wear those the shirts that say like affliction across yes. the top or whatever. I or saw on that. the back. The t shirts, they that. say that affli- yes. I don't understand what that means, but it's it's just Do like. Do they have an affliction? I don't know. Is that a band? I thought it was a band. I, no, I don't think, it, I don't think no. it is. I think okay. it's just like a look and it's a sort of thing, but it's the guys with. It's it's almost now turned into like a Jersey Shore, as right. in the oh, TV like show, not yes. the real. Yeah, you know, and when they turn that... forty, they're gonna wear cargo shorts and fanny packs and go to Las Vegas. Exactly. Well, yeah. it's like right. it's, they're afflicted with being tortured artists. <laughs> uh, it's it's like in, but it's well, the guys you, with you know, the hair gel and the perfect the eyebrows that are. It's like this weird. Well, there's not a lot quite of, metrosexual, but more like it's like hyper masculine yet. Does that make sense? Like, like there, there's a lot of posturing in L.A. Like when I lived in Manhattan, if somebody was crazy, they were old school crazy. They really thought they were the queen of Spain. I mean, do you know what I mean? They really were nuts. <laughs> Here, there's kind of like, I'm wacky and castable. Like oh, it's that oh, kind yes. of. It's right. like a, and adorably it's insane. The same thing with wearing a shirt that says crazy. affliction. I'm insane, it's but like, I'm going to show up for work. Right. So in, yes. in Manhattan, they are not the, going to show up for work. They I are will, genuinely. one place to work, a booking uh, for a voiceover, and the young lady was wearing a tiara. In July. Here, it was not in nowhere Los near Halloween. She was just wanted to wear a tiara for the day. And she was a casting director? No, she was the receptionist. Oh, oh. <laughs> Working day. her way up <laughs> to one day, one to be day. being a casting Hollywood. director. Because you know what? Yeah. You know, it's, you know too, it's a thing about, like, where, you know, the everyone's allowed to be themselves, which is awesome mm. out here. But it's also, there's certain times that you're just like, don't. Don't try so hard to be crazy. Yes. If or you're afflicted. really crazy or afflicted, <laughs> then we'll we'll deal. We'll talk. Exactly. I appreciate yes. that. I appreciate your realness if you're yes. crazy. If you're trying so hard, we're done. Yeah. LA is full of people though that you have to look like you're not trying. That's what I mean. Uh-huh. I think they're afflicted and conflicted. Let's face it. They're definitely conflicted. It's like I remember when I first moved here in the late nineties. Oh yes. Me too. And 1890s oh. for me. It's been a while. Boom. <laughs> and so the, but the, um, the alternative comedy scene had sort of blown up and everybody was really into being an alternative comic. And one of my regular road comic friends, a genuinely funny guy, said, hey, I want to do those rooms. I mean, they're really hot rooms with a lot of people coming to see you, but I don't really understand the term alternative comedy. How do I do that? And I was like, well... Uh, 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 I'll tell you how, yeah. which is uh, you tell the story of how you came up with the joke, and then you tell the punchline. Oh, I <laughs> love that! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just telling the you know the the setup, the and then the punchline. Yeah, sure. Right, exactly. Just tell the make the setup super long. Yeah, and, uh, which it turns out is exactly how I've always done stand up. Right, which is why I fit in with that situation. But then there's when when alternative comedy blew up like that, there were all these people who were like the darlings of the alternative comedy set, who had to pretend to still not care mm-hmm. and yet now they sort of have to really ca- i mean janine garofalo you know built her career on the fact that she was unwilling to sell out and right, right. then mm-hmm. had to get super skinny so mm-hmm. you know and then had to really care about being super skinny and does a lot of jokes now about how she has a genuine eating disorder the last time i saw her she was oh. talking about how she 
lets herself eat once a day, but she can eat whatever she wants. But oh. to do that, you have to eat alone. Uh, because oh. if you want to eat whatever you want once a day, you're eating fried chicken and, you know, a pint of Haagen-Dazs. What a delightful meal that is for her <laughs> every day. It sounds that. like it's such no, an enjoyment oh, of nourishment and, and <laughs> giving yourself something lovely. How long does the one meal, I mean, can the one meal go on for six hours? That's my no key. Can you just go to Sizzler and pass day. out? What's happening know. here? Soup plantation till uh, Tuesday morning? What? what? <laughs> But shouldn't alternative comedy just encompass anything? Like, what I look yeah. to, it's like, it should just be what you find funny. Like, I mean, like, you know, like, I think that's so funny to put in. It's just like alternative music. Like, that's a style. You go and it's like, you know, country, hip-hop, R&B, alternative, <laughs> you know, right. and that was a style of it music. It was a style, like, but it was sort of just guitar rock, wasn't it? Sure. Wasn't it, it was 90s. Grungy, it was kinda... grunge 90s stuff. But in alternative comedy, it's like so interesting to me when you see – which is what I, I guess is what I do too. But it's like, I, you know, it's at the end of the day, it's, it's this is storytelling. This, isn't it? It's storytelling. It's, or this character is what I find fun to do or whatever. And, uh, or you you're know, just a super weird person. I, yeah, who, absolutely. Who finds it really interesting stuff. Funny that a lot of people don't like Brent Weinbach has something about, Oh, he's a incredible. <coughs> sure. Well, it's like, I, you know, I, I don't pick, um, you know, people, I, I do impersonations of people that are really, people go, why would you ever think to do, I mean, I play Chloe Sevigny and I play, you know, Tanya Roberts and I play, you know, um, no one that, uh, Jason's mom from Friday the 13th, I've done that before. Like things that I watch or I look at it and say, oh, I r- respond to that. Talk amongst yourselves. Yeah. I got to go cough in the other All right. room. I'll be right oh, back. Oh, sure. Right. And exactly. you know what? That's a great lead-in into the fact that oh, you love horror movies. I love horror and movies. And it's October. Yes. That's true. It is That's October. True. Will you be attending a lot of uh, Halloween parties? I, I do. I have some. I, I'm excited. I'm actually going to go to Halloween parties this year. Because oh. I couldn't go. I haven't gone last year. And Halloween's so hard, you know, for what we do. Do you do a lot of, like, uh, act like, like, I'm... Uh, in terms of characters and sketch comedy stuff, or are you more like into? I started stand-up? in sketch comedy and oh, improv. Great. I did a lot of um, work with Gotham City Improv, which oh, sure, is like Groundlings York. East. And oh yeah, sure. I did a lot of corporate industrials where you were kind of wacky about IBM and really fun companies <laughs> like that that are just ripe with humor. And, oh, those are great. Uh, They're great crowds, too. They are really? because they write it. Yeah, well, they are great crowds because they write it specifically for them, so that when you say, "Well, I guess." Bruce is going to be late oh, again. For oh, the Bruce. Meeting. Oh, she talked about Bruce. You feel He's like always you're, late. You know, you feel like you're Wanda Sykes. Everybody, you know, the house comes down because you've just commented on Bruce's tardiness. What I love so. about those things, too, are the amount of just jargon you have to – it takes yes. forever to learn those lines. You can't – because it's like with IBM, it's like they, they – all these like data processor yes. jokes or whatever, and you have is all like this a- – is that like a sketch show for a corporate? Yeah, it's, you do an industrial, and they hire a sketch troupe, and they they write it, and it's like, it's like really bad jokes, and it's really wow. what they dry say material. is here's our March meeting. We want to give them stuff to think about for the next fiscal year. Want to raise the bar? Right. Want to go the whole nine yards? Want to get in the end? Zone. So you, it's supposed to be entertaining and funny, but is it also supposed to hit? Yes. yes. Oh, yes. it's always and oh, especially it's, and if you do improv, and it's usually it's yeah. usually scripted within an inch of its life because you're dealing with people that are terrified. Of you know going uh, any off any sort of innovation, any sort of improv or yes. innovation, exactly. I mean, some and 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 sometimes they could be the nicest people in the world. Oh, it's just people that don't that are not comfortable with improvisers or c- comics who are like, oh, we'll just get up there and see what yes. happens. That terrifies. Do you them. know why? Because inside their heads, they're writing pedophile jokes. And you're like, uh, I'm not ever <laughs> yes. going to talk well, about that. Well, I think it thing. also it also comes back to labeling alternative comedy or laboring alternative. I think a lot of places and. Companies, not just show business, are very, very comfortable with labeling things. Yes. And so when you say we're going to have some people come and do your corporate show and they're going to improvise, they, that it, it strikes so fear kooky, into them hoopy, because hoopy, they hoopy. don't know where to put that. Right. right. <laughs> and that's the thing, too, that I've never considered myself. I mean, I'm, yeah, alternative comedy is what other people would say. It's just true to me. It's like what I think funny. Yeah. But right, I've never I, – I, other people have made – They've labeled you as you an alternative that, comic. And probably all of us that yeah. way. You know, it's like yes. the thing of like – they look at it and they go, "Oh, well, that's not according to Jim, or that's yes. not what I what I'm used to. Right. So that must be alternative, right?" And and the weird and that's thing not is, good or bad. It's just it is what good it or is. Bad, but they always say things like, you know, she, uh, 
she could play an alternative room, but she could also do regular rooms. She could also do regular rooms. <laughs> mm-hmm. and it's like, like I do the room, like right. I'm right? just playing. I'm just doing stand up. Hopefully, right. uh, I'm just <laughs> telling a story. Uh-huh. I'm just talking, and hope. And and Patton Oswalt, I think, mm-hmm. was the first person to really do that massive kind of crossover. And Paul of Tompkins and mm. uh, those guys who were who they could play any room, but they weren't. It wasn't set up punch like a lot of people were 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 bad comics. They were just sort of, there was a slew of stand-up comics that weren't very good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so people who were doing something that wasn't more of Seinfeld or more of Stephen Wright or more of whatever, then someone is bombing outside. Something's apparently. happening Something outside. Who knows what it is? There. This is, wow. you know, this is a great thing about uh, taping this. I can fix all this in post. Here's the good news. I'm not yeah. touching it. I can uh, I, no, I'm, I'm not doing don't. it. I think that may have been Bigfoot. That. I'm not sure. It's way too much work. It's uh, all I'm going to try to do is some volume leveling. Sure. So, but let's talk about let's talk about Halloween. Do you guys do sure. Halloween? You know, we were just getting in, into that. It's it's something that I it was my favorite holiday as a kid. Oh, as really? A, as a kid, it was by far my favorite. Did holiday. your parents like make you costumes, or did you make? They your did. Own when costumes? I was three, I I insisted <gasps> that I that I. When I was three, I insisted on being Jane Simmons from Kiss. Really? And I, yes. And they they made they made me a Kiss costume as a kid, and I wore because I I I didn't even love Kiss so much as a three year old. I didn't know what I just just saw. I loved the look of them. I was like, I wanted everything about that look, you know. And Jane, you know, and Jane Simmons's tongue and that crazy look. I was like, I want to be everything about that. And um, so every year that it was a big deal. Now in doing that's what I was tuning into, like in doing a lot of sketch comedy and doing all these comedy shows, I put on costumes all the time. So right. my whole day, my mom said the other day, my mom was talking about me, or she she was telling a friend that she said Drew was just born with an extra dose of Halloween, which I think is the most <laughs> awesome thing. I said, Mom, that's that the sweetest. That's up. the yeah. sweetest thing you've ever said to me because it's it does Aww. sum me up. Yes. And um, but it's kind of what I do all the time. So. When Halloween parties come around, it's it's. I feel like this. Not to sound snotty, but it's a hol- It's a holiday for other people. You right. know, it's like amateur night for drinkers. Huh? Sure, come exactly. On. It's like why New I, Year's Eve, you guys. I, yes, or St. Patrick's Day in New York. I don't go out on New Year's Eve because I'm no. st- people oh. that don't normally drink and drive are all out yes. on the road. Yes, right. they that's are. why. It, what's really scary? They, and it's they don't know the cruise control rule. Exactly. No one needs Wait to. a minute. What okay. is that? <laughs> Which is when you when you're driving drunk. I always I used to put the car in cruise control so that I would I would never speed. Oh, and that's well, why you can't we're all really do that here though, today. can you? In L.A. Because... Oh yeah, thirty-five. I would always yeah. do oh, really? thirty-five, and then I would just concentrate entirely on staying on the road, both hands on. Apparently, the... if you go thirty-five down Pico and stay at thirty-five, you will hit every green light. Oh, really? I read that in a book uh, really? called uh, Counterculture when I first moved here. <laughs> okay. It was about a fellow who ate his way down Pico in taco stands. It was a good restaurant book, Counterculture. Oh, very nice. wow. And he said, you know, he was intrigued by that theory? eating his way. Yes, yes. I'd like to say as far as Halloween in L.A. that when I first moved here, uh, uh, Halloween took place in the midst of Harriet Myers, I believe her name is. She, she was being um, – uh, they were vetting her for the Supreme Court. Okay. So Harriet oh, right. Myers. Yes, yeah. I feel like that name. Oh, is right, right, right. No, you're right. You're yeah. right, Harriet Myers. That's and right. And I yeah, saw sure. all these sexy nurses and sexy <laughs> witches, and, and I thought, you know what? I'm going to bring some. Uh, I'm going to bring some newsworthy stuff to this party. I'm going to go with <laughs> Harriet Myers. Uh, oh. And I was mistaken as Pat from Saturday Night Live uh, for the entire night. You know, oh, I've never done Hall- – we never did Halloween as a kid. It was never something – weep softly to crack mirror. It's right. fine. Uh, <laughs> we could hand out candy, but my parents were like, I don't wow. want to. Really? So, yeah, really? Yeah, they were like, oh, no. Well, it's not fine. even a cheesehead. I mean, you're from Wisconsin, right? Not even. Uh, but the uh, uh-huh. but but I married Andy Ashcraft, who enjoys Halloween like nobody's freaking oh. business, man. First, I mean, I think it's part of his live action role playing thing, and right. you know, sure. he, but actors, I've always could, you know, like you guys are working actors, and so people are constantly doing your makeup and your. Do you ever think? So it's not that it's not that it's exciting. Not that like people every year, you want to get like, a real oh costume god, what person. are you going to be for Halloween this year? And I'm like, I really have no idea. Also, it's uh, it's weird for me to walk around around all night in a costume and not sort of be on. I know that sounds so gross and actory, but I'm so comfortable putting on on a costume and being on. But Halloween's different. Halloween's more of like, here's my idea. I am a, like, you know, I am a black eyed pea. So I'm someone that has a black eye and I have a letter P on me or whatever. Like I am a this or that. And I'm going to talk to you in a normal voice and I'm going to be at a party. But you're not really trying to 
even if you're in dressed character. up like Nancy Reagan, you're not really doing Nancy Reagan all night. How obnoxious would that be at a party like someone doing bits all night? Right. Which is, well, but people, story but people of my life. Iowa. <laughs> I think, because I was in Iowa doing a show on Halloween, and this guy showed up as Bubba Fett, and uh, he had the best costume. It was a Bubba Fett costume from mm-hmm. Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't and, know uh, Bubba Fett was. Bubba Fett, uh, he was a mercenary in Star Wars. And, okay. uh, and, uh, awesome silver sure. metal mask. Right, green. more of an Ewok person. Bounty Hunter. Were you? A little well, more just because I like anything furry. Like oh, that, yeah. you're a furry mm-hmm. person. Uh-huh. Excellent. Well, not a plushie, but just a furry <laughs> friend. <laughs> right, right. Just a friend of, of things <laughs> that are adorable. Yes. There you go. I've read about um, the plushie thing. There's no reason. Yeah. Hey, no, no judgment. Reason. No judgment. It's fine. I guess safe space. Safe, safe space. space. Hide my stuffed animals. All right. And um, but yeah, he was on the entire night, and I think that's what people who aren't who don't work. It. Sure. I mean, for people like one night a year, yeah. that is their time to just put on a costume and just have the t- have a awesome awesome night right right for me it's just it, it feels like work it feels have like you, a job have you ever done like a horror thing though <laughs> have you ever done a horror theme like covered in blood kind of oh sure i'm in a band called the discount cruise to hell and oh, really? it is we're doing a show actually i can plug that at yeah. the end but um you can it, plug it now uh well the idea of the show is that you as an audience member you're dead and you're going to hell and this is your cruise line entertainment into hell Excellent. So we we started doing a lot of covers like Pat Benatar, Hell's for Hell's for Children. Okay. My name is Luca. A lot of songs about like <laughs> abuse or whatever. And then now we have a lot of original music and we have a, a, a script and so it's sort of a band slash wow. show and it's performance art. But we dress in glitter and gore and it, do these and you trick know, it out like Kiss. We we trick it out like Kiss. It's yeah. like it's it makes sense that I mm, identified with Gene Simmons circle. and now I get to do that every year. And um, so f- I'm looking forward to th- some Halloween parties this year, but I may not go in costume. Right. Our, and, and now mm. let's talk about this. Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say my worst choice for a costume was in college when I left. I, I had a tendency to leave things to the last minute. Right. Papers, mm-hmm. getting to class, <laughs> my degree, things like that. <laughs> I literally got a letter from the dean. You have to pick a minute. You know, you've been here too long now. And I took a brown hefty bag and I filled it with newspaper and I stapled it around my neck area and then I took two yellow pieces of felt and also filled them with newspaper and put them on me as a large baked potato uh-huh. and oh. all night I was mistaken for <laughs> I know you're mistaken is, for I don't I don't know if this is a, what kind of <laughs> where a piece of shit is a piece mostly of shit. people I don't oh, know why that what they thought the yellow Fucking thing a. was Literally all night, what are you, a piece of shit? And then finally one person <laughs> said, oh, are you a candy bar? And I was like, no, but I'm just so happy you thought I was something else so, besides oh. So turd. what you're saying is that is that while you always have an interesting costume idea, your craft sir, your craftiness does not always rise up to the... <laughs> Or Even born in, in Amherst, I don't have the loft jaw craftiness. You I don't have the loft jaw. So I can't awesome. make something dainty out of I that. I think it's more, I just think you need to do a whole bit about what you're mistaken for. That's really fun <laughs> to me. Like, right, you, you the know. different things, yeah. I mean, I, I usually end up just wearing a hat. And uh, and just going, yeah, I'm someone in a hat, and whatever <laughs> that hat is, it's just like I'm a baseball mm. player. I'm a thing. It's um, the one year I did buy. You know those inflatable ones you could buy at the grocery store, where I was a witch sitting on a witch's lap, or I was a I was a oh. puppet sitting on a witch's lap. Nice. Oh wow. And it's a uh, it's a loud uh, thing because there's a there's a blower that creates a bubble person around you. Oh my wow. god! Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a kind of an interesting uh, costume. I like that mm. if I'm leaving a particularly bad audition and I'm feeling regret, I'd like to just blow up a person around me. Right, right. That's my car. Then it looks so like you're carrying, being carried. Mm. Oh. It, it's a, it'd be nice it's if It's your it, town car. I think we're all being way. carried, really, if we believe in ourselves, don't you, Jackie? Oh, uh, that's, a, that's just a little bit disgusting. Uh, Thank you. Uh, it's lovely. Okay. <laughs> I did walk through Manhattan one night with a sign, a Hawaiian shirt, and a sign that said America's burgeoning drug problem, and I carried it. <laughs> And I was not stopped once, and it was I felt accomplished that I could carry a bong through the streets of Manhattan without being stopped because well, I was I in the Halloween costume. is a safe space. Yes. A friend of mine who I um, – a, a very good friend of mine, uh, uh, James, did uh, – in college did he, – he needed last minute to do a costume. And he just grabbed a bunch of items from a kitchen and taped them to himself, wrapped himself in an American flag, actually, okay. to bring that back. Wrapped himself in a, an American flag – and then just taped like spoons and candy bars and wrappers 
and condoms and whatever else he could find and wrapped it to himself. And he said he was the spirit of American decadence. Uh, <laughs> see? Is that not beautiful? That is beautiful. It speaks to us. Yeah. I like I like a message. Nice. I like a message. And now the Kardashians just do it without having to put anything on them. Oh, the Kardashians. Oh. They're not helping. They're not They're helping. Not helping. I mean, as an Armenian, how do you feel about the Kardashians? I, I don't feel good about it. <laughs> I feel like they're not helping. Yeah. It's, uh, I'm just like, you know what? There's, But you know what it is? It's a spit in the face of the Turkish government. It's just like, now look what you've done. Mm. See? Yeah. See? Because of the work that you didn't finish, <laughs> uh, we have the Kardashians. Oh, and, my God. I and love it. it's also the fact that, of course, <laughs> the, uh, the, the, what, because there's, there's two schools of thought. They're the people who still hate the Armenians. It's work that they didn't finish. And then there's the Armenians who are like, see? Now we're everywhere. Now mm-hmm. you bastards, oh, we're yeah. mingling. <laughs> we're like Mengala. We're everywhere. Mm. <laughs> Uh, now, now we're going to breed with your children. Well, my, mm. my best friend from college, uh, one of them is, uh, is Armenian. Uh, <laughs> we all know one. Uh, no, and, and we all know one. <laughs> and know her one. family is out here. So I've grown, I feel like I've sort of grown up with the, this family out here. And, um, yeah, they, I had no idea growing up in North Carolina, about Armenians what, Armenia at all. At all. At right, all. right. And a I, Baltic and swordfish. We is, went whenever to... I do Armenian jokes <laughs> in the Midwest, I'm like, who thinks Armenia is a Baltic swordfish? Anyone? Anyone? Uh, I mean, seriously, people don't know. And I remember in North Carolina in college, uh, she said she was Armenian. And I thought, oh, you're like <laughs> Latvian, Lithuanian. I knew what Armenia was. Right, right. Was, it's a country you know, a somewhere, country in Eastern somewhere in Eastern Europe. But I didn't know it was a race of people. You didn't know that. And now I feel like it's so – it really has – it's you know, come into it's, its own. It's come it's into come its, its own. own. It's because of it's because of Glendale. it's like sun dried tomatoes. <laughs> everyone knows. Everyone knows everyone about Everyone knows them now. Them now. Sure. now they do. Now sure. they do. Sure. <laughs> now they're at Applebee's. <laughs> <laughs> I want to talk about horror movies and how much I can't possibly watch yes. them. You can't. At no, because they, they scare me. Oh, really? Success. Well done. I say to those mm. who are making them. Uh, you've already scared me at that. When uh, you've scared me at the trailer. Uh, you but, had uh, me at the trailer. Uh-huh. Exactly. Yeah. You I had me at Boo. I love them. You love I them? I love them. Did you? Well, a certain type of them. I don't, I'm really way not into the new trend of like the torture porn, the, the saw, hostile. Yeah. Oh. Those movies I can't do. I what can't deal with people. the original Halloween? L- uh, incredible. A masterpiece. Because that was supposedly like the first slasher Truly, movie, right? Yeah, I guess. Well, I, I mean, I don't know. I think you could consider Psycho the first. I would slasher? consider that the first slasher movie. Although, it was... It was more psychological. It was Hitchcock. I guess Halloween was our modern version of that. Because there wasn't a lot of psychological going on. It was just a madman, right? Yeah, although there are scenes in that. What's brilliant about Halloween is that how much you don't know about why he's crazy. I've never seen it, yeah. It's terrifying. Okay. And and nothing better. I mean, like, it, it, it... I'd be happy to say it's one of the best movies ever made. I mean, okay. across mm. the board, anything, just you know, quality movie. It's just a Based great what they, film. What you, they don't show, which I think what is they more don't show. Than... You don't really know. I mean, you know that this kid was crazy in that movie. You know, he killed his family. Don't really know why or whenever, mm. and he just comes back to chop up a bunch of people. And I think right. that the and it, it, it's mm. so simple, and it's the idea that like <laughs> it could just happen. <laughs> yeah, you Some don't need a lot of people talking. You don't need a lot of like explanation for a great movie like that. Yeah. Um. You know that simple can be just just, just scary enough, to, right? You know, and there's no blood. There's no blood in Halloween either. So oh, which there is isn't. also great. No blood at all. And oh, so it's see. just bones has more gore. Than oh I sure. Can take most oh, of the sure. time, I'm like, dude, uh, <laughs> I, just because you can make it look real doesn't mean I need to see it. Yeah. What I want to know, like, what what they're preparing me for, like makeup artists. I'm like, I know you can make it real now. Make it look real. Are you preparing sure. me for the zombie apocalypse? Uh, what's because uh, <laughs> I don't want I don't want to know what that looks know like. What that looks like. <laughs> yeah, I agree that suspense is uh, the the things like saw and stuff i find are it's too just gross graphic. it's like people chopping off their own more... body parts and eating them yeah. it's just like that's not scary that's just gross and yeah that's not, okay. i mean and it's like what about the ring i heard the ring was good. i actually have never seen the ring weirdly enough that's one that's that the vhs missed. one that's the vhs sure one, right? sure they okay. watch mm-hmm. the tape and whatever um yeah but i like some japanese horror films there's a great one called audition which is just truly terrifying really um I absolutely no. Uh, Miyiki is his name. I, t- I think it's Takashi Miyiki. Is um, okay. it's a Japanese film. Um, the J horror movies are are great, but his movies especially are um, just bizarre. They're almost dark comedies. Auditions about a, a woman uh, and about a man who his wife dies and he decides that he needs a new wife. It's a very it's a it's a real indictment of Japanese culture and the okay. sexist uh, you know culture that. 
he decides he needs a new wife. So his friend is a producer. So they, they set up mock auditions that they're doing a movie to audition these women. But the reality is he's looking at women to, oh, to court, court and, and marry. And the producer is like, don't pick the best actress. And he picks this, you know, because she's going to be problems. Pick this timid, <laughs> scary one. You know, this, oh, he says, pick this really, you know, pick the, the shy, timid one. And that's who he picks. And she ends up to be a it crazy person. It's yes. great. It's really good. So I don't know. I'm a, I'm a big, when you talk about what I'm a dork about, it's yeah. that. I mean, mm. especially, I grew up in, on Freddie and Jason. That was my... Which is Nightmare on Elm Street, Nightmare right? on Elm Street and Friday the 13th. Friday the 13th, which which those are kind of slasher movies, too. Oh, well, they're they? definitely slasher okay, movies. Okay, but I mean, do they, they not are... show the blood there, too? Or? Oh, there's so much blood in those okay. movies. <laughs> but, it's, um, but, it's, uh, but it's truly, like, especially in the Freddy movie, the Nightmare on Elm Street movies, it's characters that you follow. You really follow these, in the, in the earlier movies especially, you follow these characters and... Um, and so and there is like a story. I, there's but a also story. There is, if it isn't gratuitous, like for instance, not a horror movie, but I just saw the town and it's a desperate oh, movie which is great. and it's violent, but I also didn't find it to be, uh, of course the violence was upsetting, but you needed it to okay. really sure. get an idea of sure. what kind of trouble these people were in. Sure. It would have been, sm- you know what I mean? I don't, yeah, I it, agree that I don't mind if it serves the story. Right. I you don't know? have a problem with, with, with sex or violence in a movie if it serves the, the, the film, yeah. you know, like, cause you know that they're going to make, um, a movie out of the Hunger Games, and did you oh, read the Dragon Hunger Games? The Hunger Games. It's, it's supposed to be a children's book. Uh, oh, okay. And it is a children's book in the way that sort of Catcher in the Rye mm-hmm. and the Outsiders are. <laughs> are you depressed enough? Here, read this because oh. you're 14. Oh. Great. And uh, so the Hunger Games is about 16 uh, year olds that are forced to kill each other in a dystopian future. Wow. So can they um, only eat one meal a day? Is that what the title? They don't first <laughs> two or no? Uh, it, 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 the title is that nobody has any food, and that's what you're killing for. Oh. You're killing people for food. And oh, I see. Otherwise, you couldn't get anybody to kill anybody else. Right. Yeah. Right. You'd have sure. to be starving to get, you know, to get pacifists or people who don't really want to kill you to kill to you. To kill you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because to some extent, the, th- the theory is that anyone would kill anyone if you were starving to death. Yes. So it's uh, but it's it's uh, wow. it's aimed at children. It's aimed at a middle school. It's a youth book. <laughs> Adorable. Well, in Germany, they had a. Um, uh, I think his name is Peter Strudel. He was a, a Strudel. young a Strudel. Peter. He had a. He was a young <laughs> uh, character whose fingers were chopped off. At some. I mean, German books are not German oh, children's German books. books are crazy. I mean, are very well, all the upsetting. B- um, Grimm's fairy tales are yeah. German, right? Yeah. I mean, that's the oh, whole those thing. Guys. Well, yeah, they, they they like to tell it like it is. Sure. And you know the good thing about them, trains are on time. Now, <laughs> now <laughs> I, have, I had my father not only taught English and American Liddy, taught film too. Oh, did so he? when wow. I saw Fatal Attraction, he said, "Well, of course, the bubbling bunny was an homage to you know obsession." Oh, so like he, he and, oh, and wow. as a lit professor, he's always looking for. Me. Oh, and it was kind of fun because he sure. sometimes, as far as calling your parents, you know, for, for right. stuff, I do sometimes call him and say, "Hey, I kind of feel like in this scene, you know." And he's right. not at all condescending; he'll always explain. He also took me to thing, took me to Kurosawa films when I was ten, and I was oh, really awesome. like, "I'm going to die from boredom." Like I really almost <laughs> my ears were ringing. I was like, "This is too much." Imagery for me to understand, right? It's um, please so stop explaining it to me because and stop it. Yeah. Well, my I mom made me watch Hitchcock. No, she didn't make me. She knew I loved horror movies, and okay. and, and so she said, "Okay, great. Yeah. Here's some Hitchcock. Here's actually some good horror movies." She showed me some movies from the '70s, like Play Misty for Me. Have you got that? Mm, Plenty Wood and Jessica Hart, Cl- Jessica Walter. Right, right. Yes. Uh, I get that mixed up with the fan. Okay, well, Play similar, the okay. same idea. I mean, right. it's psychologically terrifying movies that, right. you know, as a and kid. You're 10. And I'm 10, or younger <laughs> even, yeah. you know. And, um, you know, like, I, I, that's really cool. That was something that she, she recognized. Okay, you like horror movies. Well, here's something good. Right. That's not just like, you when know, When I was crap. super little, we had, uh, my small town had a, th- a movie theater. And after church on Sundays, when I was about five or six years old, uh, my mom would always drop us off at the movie theater. And it was, and I was five or six, and my older brothers were like fourteen and sixteen, and um, and they were always like Dracula movies and mm-hmm. werewolf movies uh-huh, and uh-huh. mummy movies. But right. they were all those movies from the fifties, and I don't remember being scared at those. Sure, because sure. they were. But then I remember one Halloween, I watched. Uh, What's the what's the whatever uh, happened to Baby Jane? <laughs> oh man, oh, that's scary for a it's, whole different reason. Oh my god! What about the uh, what's the uh, the vampire movie that's supposed to be funny with uh, Fearless Vampire Killers? No, it's uh, it's 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 about the making of the silent film Nosferatu. Um, oh, the um, Mar- the Malkovich movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the. 
Oh, it has some crazy Shadow of the Vampire. Shadow of the Vampire. That's yeah. it. Mm. And and they were like, oh, it's funny. It's funny. And uh, so we watch it, and I'm up till four in the morning because really? I can't sleep. Because I hated that movie. Did you I really hate had. That movie? I hated that movie, and I feel like I. The performances all were really great, and Willem Dafoe was in that. Like right. great people were in it, and they were all great. I just couldn't tell what the tone of that movie was. I didn't know if it was supposed to be funny or scary or. Right, I think the people it landed who found it nowhere funny, for me. I found it just like I was so confused. I found it terrifying. By it. Really, that's yeah. so funny. Wow. Yeah, it's. A, I was wow. like, that is a that that could that guy's probably really a vampire, and I because it was about F. W. Bernal, <laughs> the guy who made Nosferatu. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The it was guy. Supposed well, to be. the guy who played Nosferatu was might actually have been a vampire. That's yeah. Right. That was okay, it. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And yeah, and, sure. and the and the and the director was was essentially it was supposed to be based on the guy who made that movie who found a real vampire to play the vampire. And mm-hmm. Oh. But he mm-hmm. dies, and mm-hmm. you're just like, well, I don't want to. And then, and then, what was the one um, that uh, really? I'm gonna, I'm gonna do this, but it's the movie with uh, Farva Beans and uh, Silence of the Silence Lambs. Of the Lambs. Lambs. Wow. That's a. It, do you consider that a that's horror the sca- movie? That might that... be the scariest movie I've ever seen. I mean, that was terrifying. That and that's another movie that I would say is one of the best movies ever. It was incredibly. Made. I mean, well it's incredibly made. well made. I remember I seeing don't that care. movie I'm never in, the, seeing it again. in the movie theater. Yeah. That that that'll be scarier than anything I'll probably ever see the rest of my. I mean, I can't imagine anything being scarier than. That. I always like the exchange between Hannibal and uh, was she big in the hips? Rumi. They all were Doctor Lecter. Oh, oh really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh. When she's beginning to realize. Oh. Yeah, I'll tell you, my brother Nick Ratner. Nick music, Ratner, music editor on that. Assistant oh, really? music. Wow. Editor. Oh, his first job it. interview with Susanna Parrish, wow. who is a music editor, and she said. What kind of music would someone listen to who's making a an uh, outfit of women's skin? Oh. And he said, I know exactly what he'd listen to. And he produced some <laughs> horrifying so English band because my brother grew up loving films. Fresh Horses or Dark having, Horses? What was that song? I don't even know. He just oh, has man, walls so of CDs. Great. And he picked it and she said, you got the job. And that's how he started his. And he said, this is a good, you're going to like this film. And I saw it opening day, February 14th. Wow. Whatever. They, it was yeah. 91. It was a, um, you know, Valentine's Day. It was sort of a, a you know, right. funny uh, opening went, day. And it was great. Oh. She's. I, I, wow. I, I did a movie exchange it. with uh, this woman that I was doing uh, open mics with, mm-hmm. Bev Rambo. Mm-hmm. What's still her real name? What the hell? Mm-hmm. I have 12 wow. listeners. Anyway, so. <laughs> uh, Bev Rambo, she would do things like sleep with the sound guy at yeah. open mic. Wow. You're like. That's like sleeping with an administrative assistant to get to the middle. You're, uh, you're not good at this at all. No, no. Um, but uh, I hung out with her. I'm not a good person either because I uh, hung out with her because she had a car and she would drive me an open mic. Anyway. That's great. That's so important. We tried to uh, we tried to be friends, right? Uh-huh. And, and uh, I was like – and the reason I stopped hanging out with her was not because of her poor comedy choices or her poor partnership choices, <laughs> but it was because of Silence of the Lambs. And she was like – we went to a movie, me, her, and her husband – and uh, and then oh. yeah and then right. okay and then uh, and and she was like oh you just pick you just pick the movie and I picked defending your life oh great Meryl film Street. not great. a horror film but a great not film a great fi- one yeah. of my favorite movies yes. of all time yes it's, it's a, a lovely good, Sunday afternoon moment it's a good movie and that's it <laughs> it's a the really funny week, movie she's like okay now I'm gonna pick and she oh. picks Silence of the Lambs oh a little bit of a and dichotomy then. yeah mm-hmm. and so and then thought it was hilarious that I'm sitting in a packed movie theater oh. and I can't. And I'm in the middle, and I can't oh, get out. Yeah. And she was like, you're staying through it. You're staying through it. And I was like, oh. okay, well, now I'm being tortured. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I so. know. No, and I mean, th- that movie has an ability to Scare just stay you. with you yeah. forever. I yeah. mean, it's really – I mean, that final – that scene with the oh, – the, the And the editing when the, she's knocking on the door. And oh, you I think know. they've got well, him, and then he opens the door, and, and it's little tiny little Jodie Foster. That's oh. the first time that I feel like I ever had seen – now people do that all the time. That's on TV, the yeah. edit, the, the sort of fake-out edit thing. But that, I remember when that happened yeah. in that, I mean, because I saw the movie really early. I saw it on opening weekend as right. well. Mm-hmm. And I remember, you know, having no idea um, I w- how God, dark I was it like, was going to be. Was yeah. Young when I, saw it, I was like, I don't know, but I was like, I, I had no idea how dark it was going to be. Right. Yeah. And thought it'd be just another, you know, sort of, but because I always loved, I loved like the hand that rocks the cradle and all, okay. around that time, like there were a lot of those like really fun, pulpy great scary movies and I thought oh this will be another one of those right. and I remember being like oh no this is truly the scariest thing and what really scared me about it was like they'd show these these clips on television I think it was the first time where everyone looked it all looked real 
you uh-huh. know, like mm-hmm. all the bodies looked real, all mm. the all the like the news looked real. They 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 whoever did it, I don't even know. Jonathan Demme. Jonathan, Jonathan Demme. Yeah. Like nailed the 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 recreation of the newscasts where I was like. I could have watched that this afternoon. Yeah, you know? sure, it's, you sure. And in, in some in some cases, it's like when you leave Idiocracy and you walk out and you see a billboard and you're like, "Oh my god, I'm living in Idiocracy." Oh, why? Yeah. Okay, <laughs> that movie was brilliant. Uh, occasionally. Well, yeah, but yeah. I mean, the fact that nobody nobody saw it is is it? I, I a believe crime. That, I believe they lost their distribution because they used all the right. Uh, they used all the 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 real names of products. Oh, oh really? Yeah. Okay, okay. So I think that it had sense. limited release. It did. I mean, it was at the arc light for like a week, and there were no posters for it. There was no right. ad for it at all. Mike Judge, Idiocracy. Yeah, it, it came and went. I didn't see it. Oh yeah. my god, it is. It's it's actually a movie that I, I thought it was great, and I but I left that movie sad because it felt so too real. It felt mm. too real. Yeah, yeah. Right, Maybe right. that's why it and came and went. A complete <laughs> satire. Of... A friend, of, uh, Andrew Thompson, friend of the show. Uh, he walked out of the arc light and it was exactly like being in the movie because uh, LA is full of those giant billboards that tell you to go buy things that you don't need. Right. And right, you know, right. and you think, you know, uh, oh, I, I need I, smart water. Sure, or whatever. <laughs> or the right, right. one for Morongo Casino that says "More on Go." More on Go. <laughs> Once you start to really look around, it you makes know? you really aware of what's yes, happening. Yes, exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. <laughs> it's uh, all right. Uh, let me tell you something. It's been almost an hour. I see. Really? Yeah. You're kidding. Yeah, that's it. We didn't even talk about math. Do you know why? Right, we didn't talk about math. sports. I wanted I, to talk I, a little I'm bit gonna, about I'm, the I'm, spiritual I'm transformation of sports. What is? Let's talk about sports. Okay. Yeah. What uh, sport do you like the best? All oh, of them? no, I love it? to watch a good tennis game, but I have to say the most is the NFL. The book I am reading at this point, I'm not reading, I'm listening to. Okay, on an audio An audio book. Um, the score takes care of itself. <laughs> All right. And it is about rebuilding the 49ers and taking them from a 2-14 and 14 NFL team to winning the Super Bowl two years later. The reason I like sports is because, like, like our business – Preparation is key. You got to be ready. Right. You got to be ready sure, when somebody. Sure. Lots of times in the NFL, you're watching Monday Night Football, and they're like, "Last week he was working at a cell hut at a mall in Minnesota." Right. You know, there was a story of one uh, guy, a, a coach, went into get a rental car, and he saw a guy working there, and he said, "Didn't we cut you last year?" He said, "Yeah," and he's like, "You know what? We just lost the position. You, you know, you're good at come back." He really? found him that way. That has to do with tipping point and six degrees of separation. A lot of math stuff. Serendipity. But there's also a fairness in sports that you don't have in showbiz. When you get in the end zone, you get your six points. And here you can act the hell out of something. And some <laughs> ninny walks in and gets it. Actually, and I think it's why like I enjoy the NFL. There's a guy in a black and white striped shirt who's like, you got here. And you, you deserve this. And sometimes and sometimes they're unfair. I mean, Michael Vick is playing in the NFL. And he strung dogs up and yeah. electrocuted them. And yeah, but he's the, it's not like he created the, 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 the dog industry, did he? Did he didn't did, create did, did the dog have... or the dog industry, <laughs> I mean, he didn't but he invent, watched he didn't animals that, suffer right, because but, they but, weren't good fighters for him and right. killed living things. I, I think but that there should be more of, of a punishment. who do that. Who kill, who electrocute dogs yeah, for I, their are enjoyment. You, are you telling me that there aren't senators sure. from Louisiana who don't go to cockfights? I think there, there I are. I guarantee you that. Because... And 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 there's you know and there's people who hate gay people but are gay, I mean well, there's that's just most people well I am not a people. dog fighting proponent right. who doesn't that's, like him. I, 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 why am I defending Michael? I'll Vick? tell you what I my problem is with happened? him. I'll tell you what oh, my problem Jackie's is with him. Jackie's wearing a Michael Vick shirt. Right <laughs> I have seen him interviewed three times, and right. he has never said, "Wow, I think I did something wrong." What he has said is, "I can't about... believe I risked all the money and fame I had." That's, by, that's by the, a hobby he's, that I don't that, he's, that I he's don't. mad that he got caught yeah. and on Sunday they showed another clip of him and I thought I'm going to give this turd one more chance and he was speaking to a group of high schoolers saying not everyone will get a second chance I did because I'm really talented and I'm like that's it oh, that's, that's it po- Vic I can't I'm that's sorry inside your head voice you actually Michael think, Vic. I, you actually it, think right. that and you actually think that. Right. What it's saying to them is if you don't have the skills I have and you get busted, or teaching you them don't. Or to be entitled and to, think, to be cocky yeah. assholes because it's like uh. teaching them to go, hey, I'm talented, so I, I'm owed something. I get something. to do whatever right, I want. Right. I can rape that talented. woman. I can kill that right. dog. Right, right, right. I right. But I didn't, I, I'm giving sports a negative connotation. But I know I think point. it's a very enlightening thing, sports, and very fulfilling. Sorry, where are you going to say? In general, I, I agree. I think there is a, uh, the fairness to it is, is – 
is great. That does not equate in our business. Our business is so nothing, yeah. nothing matters in terms of your training or as long as you've been doing it or as good as you are, you walk in, whatever. It's a crapshoot at some point, but the thing is, but But you can increase your odds. That's the beauty of uh, that. That's sort of where I think of auditions as, as bats. Every time I go to bat, so so I got to keep getting there. It is a numbers numbers game. It really is, but it's, it's arbitrary. Yeah, it is endurance. I mean, well, and the, it's a couple of weeks ago, about a month or so ago, my brother said, what do actors do in Los Angeles when they give up, but they don't move back home? Mm-hmm. What do they do for money? And, of course, all mm. I heard was, when are you going to give up? But oh uh, that's just my committee meeting. But here's mm. the thing. is, uh-huh. And the real answer, of course, is uh, real estate. But, <laughs> the real, but, but, what, but what I swear, the, like the most intense True. creative people, the, the ones who don't want to give up, the yeah. most the enduring like actors and stuff like that, they create jobs out of whole cloth. And I've talked yep. about this before. They create, and the first job that was ever created out of whole cloth by an actor, I swear to God, I've been thinking about it for weeks, is the valet. <laughs> is, a, is a rich man actor pulled up to a restaurant and he was like, I don't want to park my car. I'll give you five bucks to go park my car. Mm-hmm. And a job was born. Mm-hmm. The personal assistant, I don't have time to go get my own dry cleaning. Yes. And his less successful actor friend said, I'll do it for 20 bucks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, you're right. And there's life coaches and there's personal chefs and there's, uh, you know, and it takes five years for a job like that. To, so anyone who does anything, anyone who walks your dog for you, anyone who raises your children for you. Yes. That was a job that was created by an out-of-work actor. And sure. uh, and who and that's a good way to look at it. Mm-hmm. I've decided that I'm going to start a job uh, that uh, where you pay others to do affirmations for you. Uh-huh. It's going to be awesome. It's just, but they're going to have to record it so that I can listen to it because I don't have time to do my own affirmations. Uh, the universe supports me, and I am. But I, I, but I'll tell you something. Me. When I when I got out of the car after listening to Bill, I mean these. I also have one uh, about the. Uh, uh, their halftime speeches from the locker room of the Packers oh, right. season, 67 championship season. When I get oh, out of that car, you? I'm right. Re- well, because oh, they're all things like, and Pinky Levine is going down the field in a snowstorm, <laughs> and a raccoon is giving birth on the 40-yard line. Like, they're, they're always named things like the brick and, right. you know, the oven and the, the you know. But there are, there's also a lot of zen in sports. Like, I was watching Monday Night Football one night, and John Madden said, you got to have a bad memory to play in this game. Oh, Meaning, right. if you drop the pass... Catch yeah. the next one. If you yeah, flub yeah, an audition, yeah, yeah, yeah. if a joke doesn't that's go a, well, that's a very, that's and a you're good, on stage, that's a very good analogy to what we do too. Commit to you the can, next you stage. Can so yeah. live in your own misery a bit. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like you drop a line. Don't. Usually, people don't know until you stop and think right. about it and stew in it for a second or, or, or right. a minute or whatever, or you let that affect your whole night. Now, or, I have a question mm-hmm. about acting. Is that do you find in stand-up comedy the only thing that fixes a bad set is a good set? Mm-hmm. In an acting gig, is a the only thing that fixes a bad acting. I mean, c- c- does it fade? Does it fade if it's recorded? Like you're like, because I, you know, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I feel like uh, that like a good set can fix a bad day, mm-hmm. but a right. but a good day can be ruined by a bad set. Sure. Act, I mean, I feel like um, comedy is much more immediate. You know right mm-hmm. away how yeah. it, if, if it's yep. working or not. You really know. I mean. I don't know. I teach it. I teach improv, and I, it's it's crazy to me when some people don't have an awareness of when things aren't going well or whatever they are. But <laughs> that is when you've been doing it? it for a while, you have a sense of like, okay, that collapsed or not. As an actor, you don't. It's it, you know, um, you have to not be in such a judgmental place. Mm, I think, and you I just agree. have to do it because okay. there's sometimes when people are so engaged. If you're doing a play, they're so engaged in what you're doing, but they're not laughing, or even if it's a comedy, they're listening, or they're, you know. You can't judge an audience. You can't gauge an audience nearly as well with an act with acting. Also, anytime you do anything, comedy or drama, on camera, you have no idea if it's working when you're okay. doing. You know, because you have a whole, you know, you have a whole crew around you. No one's laughing. I mean, they might all be nice and the only crew yeah. and say, "Oh, that was great. That was really fun." Other times, they they're moving. On. It can be great, and you don't hear yeah, about you, it. You just, yeah, you know, I think no. also like not not being judgmental and also being happy with your own. I have felt last week I had a great audition. I didn't book the job, but I right. felt like, you know what? Sure. Even in Bill Walsh's book, he says you can control 80% of the game. Right. 20% is weather, bad calls, injuries. Sure. And yeah. 20% of an audition is, you know, uh, the husband right. looks like this, so the wife's not going to, you know, there are, it, it, 
it and and when someone's playing a great game, they're like, you know, Tom Brady's out there like he's playing on a Sunday afternoon with his friends. He's and just because gonna, he's, he's not a, he's thinking about sixty five thousand people. Yeah. He's playing yeah. with joy, right. which mm-hmm. is the game. Yeah. my acting teacher Jack Plotnick is always oh, telling I love us. Jack. Yeah, I don't know Jack's class, he's awesome. Yeah, ja- Jack's a great teacher, mm-hmm. but he says he yeah, I texted him this morning and said I have an audition today and he said, Go have fun. And yeah. I and he I did not go in there thinking, what is she thinking? Did I wear the right thing? Did right, I? Right. I had a blast yeah. and I left. And that, and that, and play that, the next that's point. That's all that matters. You know? Yeah, that's, that's, that is very much it. That an audience doesn't show up to watch you freak out and, and hope mm. to do a good job. Right. They're here for you to be good. They want to enjoy yeah, they it. Want yeah. it to they well. want it to go well. The casting people want you they to nail do. it because then you know, they're They done. want you to, you know. Yeah. And, and, and they so, look good. And it's what you do. At the end of the day, you're like, this is what I do. Yeah. And I'm going to either be right for this or not. Or it's, you know, and. And, uh, you know, and not worry about it too yeah. much. The I, worst times I have, whether I get the job or not, I've even had auditions that have gone terribly and I've gotten the job went randomly. <laughs> right. So it's a lesson of going, oh, well, I could be, yes. if I was that, yes. I left feeling terrible. Uh-huh. I got no love in the room. And then yep. it's like, I get a call, call, you're working on it. Tomorrow. Yeah. You know? And then yeah. the flip side is much more the case when you yeah. feel, when you feel okay to, to great about it and you don't get it. So, you know, it's literally a matter of, you know, Eight million things out of your hands. I always ask this of sports dorks, though, as people who love sports, Mm. is it the is it the fact that you don't know how it's going to end? The the suspense of that does that draw you to watch the game? Well, to me, the mental like somebody asked Martina Navratilova, "How did you win all those tournaments?" And she said, "I just played the next point." And okay. The idea is, <laughs> nice. she didn't think I want to win Wimbledon. She thought it's fifteen thirty, and I got to make it thirty thirty. That's it. Right, you know right. what I mean? So they yeah. often say during tennis tournaments, this is not about skill at this point. This is uh, this whole game is between the ears, meaning they're either going to mentally okay. do this so or not. You like so to me, the mental game. I like watching. Like somebody getting uh, psyched out. I like what? Well, actually, the opposite. I like watching somebody under duress. Not go out, you know, with okay. 30 seconds left in the game and take the, the team down the field and not say there's no time. This won't happen. I won't throw. Just take all of those thoughts out of their head. Right, right. To me, I like the human element. Of, of course, there's so much yeah. skill involved. And, right, and they're and like ballet either. dancers. Some of those football players, the catches they make are extremely Right. Uh, well, uh, the, o- the only – you know, I, athletic. I like the X games. I mean, those are the games that, that I'll watch on yeah. TV just because – it's like watching, it's like watching a superhero as yeah. far as mm-hmm. I'm concerned. Right, Cause right. Because it's you're like you just dropped into a twenty foot mm-hmm. half pipe, and I I wouldn't drop into a four foot. I mean, uh-huh. yeah. the Skecher store store up at Universal City Walk has a little tiny half pipe, and I saw like a nine year old boy uh-huh. with a skateboard, and you could go in there if your parents were in there. Uh, you, they'd let kids use the half the tiny half pipe, right? And c- kids like nine, and there's just he's never draw. His dad was standing next to me. And he goes. Yeah, he's never actually dropped into a half pipe. And I, I told him, give it a shot. This one's a little one. Wow. And uh, so the kid's like nine. And he's he's a big kid for nine. But he's the one drop of sweat just going down. And he's like, I just got to do it. I just got to do it. Yeah. And you can see him thinking. Mm-hmm. And he drops into it. And he falls. And he wipes out. But he's like, okay. And so you see him do it three more times. And you're like, okay, I'm not killed when I do this. Uh-huh. Yeah. So. Uh-huh. But to yes. jump into like a twenty foot yeah, it's to embrace bike. that right. fear. That's an improv thing too. Jump in, yeah. dive into that bag of snakes. Oh, I'm terrible yeah. at improv. It's, oh, a, it's such a learned skill. It. It's, it's a really it skill. is, and it's but really it's a mental thing too mm-hmm. of of listening and playing because that's re- just listening and 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 being present and like you said, just play the next point, play the next thing, mm-hmm. think of what they just happened, and not think big picture, not think mm-hmm. yeah, not think what's funny about the or or. or or what am I doing with it? Or literally thinking here, now this, now this, now this, and that's right. such a right. That's so exciting. I that's love that when people is. are touch. You know, it, uh, yeah, sure. It's like well, stand- in the big picture, it's also how we build our careers. It's, it's inches. It's not. Do you know oh, what I mean? Yeah. It's not. Uh, you sure. know, when I've seen yeah, people interview, patience. what was your big break? Somebody interviewed Edie Falco, and she said, "I used to be get under fives on a soap in New York. That was right. as big of a break as playing Carmela Soprano because it meant somebody was moving me ahead. Yeah, that yeah. was as big." As, and she went to that audition thinking they'll never make this mobster's wife blonde. And she right. didn't phone it in, but she said, I certainly didn't think I was going to get that. And the next day they called me and said, we want you to read with this guy, James Gandolfini. And I mean, do you know what I mean? That yeah. That's being prepared. Mm-hmm. Right. 
you know, working at a cell hut in the mall and going, oh, you know what, Edie, we need you as wide receiver next week and then going yeah, in the game. Yeah, the you have to go in the game, yeah, you know. It's proof that uh, it, in the end we're all mostly just dorks for what we do uh, mm-hmm. for a living because yes. that's what it led Isn't back to the entire hour. Yes. Uh, Drew, uh, Drogi. Joking. Talk to us about uh, the fact that you're on Facebook and Twitter, but you don't have a website, but people can find out where you're I don't, playing and stuff. I don't have a website that I'm on the Facebook, and I just started Twitter, so it's... And you, D-R-O-A-G-E it's is how... It's D-R-O-E-G-E. E-G-E? What mm-hmm. the hell is my problem? I don't know. D-R-O-E-G-E. D-R-O-E-G-E. You can and find true. me on the Facebook or... And the Twitter and and if and if they're on uh, and if they're in Los Angeles, where can they see you perform? I am. Um, I put my shows actually up on my Facebook wall because I pop on over. I'm the, I'm doing the Discount Cruise to Hell show uh, October 21st, 22nd uh, at Highways in Santa Monica. Excellent. And so that's your band, and you're going to play there. That's my band. Awesome. We're going to be playing there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, uh, Upright Citizens Brigade and, and all the that ground stuff right. and all that stuff too. So yeah. Stay oh, tuned. Oh, nice. Whatever. Drew Dog- Drogi. Uh, Sheila Ratner. Yes. SheilaRatner.com. R-A-T-N-E-R. Did I spell it right? You spelled the last name right, and then the first name is S-H-E-L-A-G-H. That's right. Kooky Irish spelling. It's crazy, which is why I think of you as Irish. Which is why I was called Schlug of Jury Duty. Schlug Ratner. Coming at you. There's a stage name you'd have changed in the 40s, wouldn't it? SheilaRatner.com is the website. I also write... You're not on Facebook, but you will not on Twitter. I will be Twittering. I uh, also write uh, jokes for Life and Style magazine. Oh, nice. Uh, I forgot to tell you that earlier, uh, which are at the Style Slip-Ups. I dress in sweats most days, but I feel confident enough to mock what other people are wearing <laughs> at the it. back of a magazine. Well done, cojones. And uh, I am currently raising funds for anyone who's listening who sends a donation to Jackie. And <laughs> I am currently raising funds to finish a short film called We Got Spirit, which is uh, about some yes, housewives, former cheerleaders. Spirit. How about you? How about that? Exactly. They're so they're cheering on America and bringing spirit back and to America. And it's a short film that you're directing. We've got spirit. I direct it. It's all improvised. It features Sheila some incredible Ratner. actresses. S H E L A G H Ratner R A T N E R. Ladies and gentlemen, there's going to be another Dork Forest. I'll tell you all about it uh, when I do it. Uh, but uh, go to dorkforest.com. It's on Libsyn. It's on iTunes. Review the show for Christ's sake, because I'm told that it helps me uh, get more listeners. And God knows uh, that's what we all want. A little more attention. Michael Vick, obviously a jackass. Uh, just yep. going to say it out loud. Uh, thank you so much for tuning into the show. Uh, thank you. Good night. My hat, my hat, my hat. They're dancing around my hat. <laughs> my hat, my hat, my hat. Well, what do you think of that? If it looks like a Mexican hat dance and it sounds like a Mexican hat dance, it's most likely a Mexican hat dance. So take off your hat and let's dance. Yay! Oh, my God. We, why don't we just call that as the end of the show?